One passage that causes a lot of people to lose sleep is Hebrews 10, 26 and 27, which says that if we sin willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful expectation of fiery judgment. I can understand why people are fearful of that. Is this saying that if we go out and sin willfully, if we choose to sin even though we know it's wrong, that we are going to lose our salvation today on Hot Topics. Hi, this is Robert Furrow and welcome to Hot Topics. If you're new here, consider liking, subscribing and sharing and ringing the bell so you can get all of our new content. The comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. Let's consider five things about Hebrews 26 and 27 that help us to understand this passage. Number one, Warnings are there for a reason. There are people who will say that God gives us the warnings for purposes other than really warning us. But I believe that all of the warnings in the Bible are there for a reason. So if they are not telling us that we can lose our salvation, we want to find out what that passage is there for. Because if God takes time to warn us, then we want to know what it means. The second thing that I think that we need to understand about this passage has to do with the once saved, always saved debate. If someone genuinely commits their life to Christ, can they fall away? And this is a debate that a lot of people have and you can have extremes on both sides. And I think it's an important debate, but I want to say this about it. I don't think it's a helpful debate. For example, if someone follows the Lord, makes a commitment to him, begins to live for him, but then becomes an apostate, walks away and is no longer living for Jesus, both sides on the debate are gonna treat that guy exactly the same. Both are gonna believe that he's not saved. The people who believe that once you make a genuine commitment to Christ, you cannot fall away or you cannot walk away from Christ are going to say the very fact that that person left is evidence that they never really made a commitment and that that person is unsaved and was never saved. On the other extreme, those who believe that you can lose your salvation and even the extreme position that believe that you have to be re-saved, that you actually got to get saved again, would say that that person made a genuine commitment and you can't read his heart, but that he is away from the Lord now and needs to recommit his life to Christ. My point is this. We spend time arguing over apostates whether or not they are genuinely saved when nobody would say that they are saved. And if you're listening to this and you used to walk with Christ, but you are no longer walking with him now, you're living apart from him, you're living a secular lifestyle, then take no comfort that people teach once saved, always saved. Because they would say the fact that you left is proof that you never really made a genuine commitment. The important thing for us is to make sure that we have a genuine commitment with Christ right now. And by the way, I lean towards once you make a genuine commitment to Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. Jesus said, I'll leave the 99 and I'll go after the one. And so if you find yourself walking away, if you made a real commitment, you'll come back. And if you have walked away, don't take comfort in the once saved, always saved argument. Take comfort in that you can come back to Christ ask him to forgive you again and begin that genuine walk with him once again. The third thing that we need to know about Hebrews 10, 26 and 27 is that we have to read this in context. 
So many people take it out of context. If we said willfully, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. And that sounds horrifying. However, when you put it back into context and you remember that the whole book of Hebrews is about Hebrew Christians who made a commitment to Christ, began to live and follow him, were thinking about going back into Judaism. They were gonna go back to the temple. They were gonna begin to give sacrifices again. And the author of the book of Hebrews has said over and over again that Jesus is a better high priest. He is a better sacrifice. You don't want to leave him and to go back to that which is inferior. He's making the point that the law has changed. In fact, it says that in Hebrews chapter 9. Out of necessity, the law has changed. If we were still under the law, Jesus could not be a high priest because it would have to be according to the order of Aaron but he's a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. So we have entered into the new covenant that Jesus gave us when he said, this is the blood of my new covenant. And so these Christians were going back and offering sacrifices once again. And by doing so, it's going to say in Hebrews chapter 10, they are trampling the blood of Jesus Christ again. Suddenly that makes much more sense. If we sin willfully, meaning we become an apostate, we walk away from Christ and go back to a religion we used to have, or walk away from Christ and become an atheist, especially them that were giving the sacrifices of an animal, now when Jesus had given the ultimate sacrifice in his body, no wonder it says, if we sin willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. You can't go back to the sins of animals and they are not going to cover you and you are trampling the blood of Christ underneath your feet. And I think that what I said earlier about genuine Christianity, if these guys genuinely made a commitment to Christ and they do walk away, they will come back to him again and make a renewed, fresh commitment to him. The fourth thing that we must know about this text is that Jesus made his sacrifice once and for all. Again, we're talking about Hebrews chapter 10, which tells us that Jesus went into the holy place that is made up in heaven once and for all and gave that sacrifice. And I believe then positionally, we are pure and holy before the Lord. It doesn't mean we don't need to confess our sins. Or you remember when Peter had his feet washed, Peter said, you're not gonna wash my feet. And Jesus said, unless I wash your feet, you can have no part in me. And Peter said, then my hands and my head. And Jesus said, I don't need to wash your hands and head. They're already clean, but just your feet. So that we would know that as we walk through this world, we do sin. And sometimes it is even what we might call willfully. In other words, we know we're not supposed to do it. But in the heat of the moment, in, the, in, a, in a fleshly moment, in our temper, we do that. It doesn't mean there isn't a sacrifice for that sin. Jesus paid the price for our sins and we are right with him. He did that once and for all. This is talking about those who become an apostate. And the Bible does talk about apostates. And we have to figure out what are we gonna do for people who once walked with Christ but are no longer walking with Christ now. This is not talking about a Christian that makes a decision to sin. The final thing that we should understand about this passage it is a good warning to us that we want purity and holiness in our lives. We, we don't want to excuse sin or be practicing sin or have sin harbored in our lives or tie up sin. The Bible tells us that sin is deceptive, that sin can so easily ensnare us, 
And even though I don't believe that this passage is addressing someone that has sin in their lives that they need to get out of their lives, I think that this verse can kind of wake us up and help us to go, I need to give purity to Christ. I need to live for him in holiness. And so Lord, forgive me and help me that I can get a handle on sin. There is this false teaching out there that you can just continue in your sin and you'll be okay. But that's not true. Once we come to Christ, there's a transformation that takes place. And one of those transformations is that we abide in the vine and we begin to be like Christ. And we should have that desire to get sin out of our lives. You know, I'm not saying you're ever gonna be perfect while you are here. The flesh battles against the spirit and the spirit battles against the flesh so that we don't do the things that we want. But we wanna give God that purity in our lives. And if you've been scared of Hebrews 10, 26 and 27, don't be scared of it anymore unless you're an apostate, unless you've walked away from God and are no longer living for him. And the way you tell if that verse applies to you is if you don't return. But if you come back, then we know it's not talking about you.